guys. Welcome to Rankin' Vile, the podcast ranking every horror movie ever made. And this is Ryan. And this is Quincy. How's it going, Quincy? How's your week going? Good. Uh, I watched Smokey and the Bandit for the first time last night. Oh, how was that? And I feel like our generation has slept on how much that movie hates cops and it's it's a very big mood in 2021 <laughs> man i feel like that that's kind of the thing is that Smokey and the bandit like the, the the cops and people who want to do fun things are natural enemies i think yeah it's also very subtly progressive because there are both black and white truckers in it and they are totally fine. They're they're friends and get along really well. And it's only the cops that are racists. Um, huh. And there's also women truckers and other like women who are just allies of the bandit. There's multiple Man. times where women just like fuck a cop so that the bandit can get away, and they're like, "Well, the cops can't chase him down because they're busy with their pants down, fucking." <laughs> You know, a roadside. It's the cup. You're like, oh, night. no, oh, no, I was busy fucking. And just like <laughs> face face planting with his pants around his ankles. Like this yeah. is. So you're saying that Smokey and the Bandit uh, reclaimed the means of production. Yes, it's very good. Excellent. I, you know, it's also I'm, very weird, though, in the 21st century to watch a movie whose sole plot is on bootlegging and the idea that you can't <laughs> transport beer across state lines. Man, that's... I feel like municipalities in the United States, like, trying to explain our laws to anybody not from here, like, they don't even make sense to us, like, state jurisdictions. Oh, my son... At, we, we were driving, and my son said, hey, why does that store have a banner that says, now we sell wine? And I'm like, well, son, the state of Tennessee used to only allow wine to be sold in liquor stores except we repealed that law because it was dumb it was dumb there, there used to be stations in the deep south that had like a, 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 a ban on saxophone on the radio on sundays which <laughs> like listen sundays the lord's day you will not bring that devil toot horn in here and tempt people to fuck with clearly your they watched uh the lost boys and the i believe scene and they're like absolutely not in my good christian town absolutely not the yeah the, the sexy oiled man with the ponytail he's coming for all of our children with his saxophone he's like the Pied Piper <laughs> of Hamlin he's gonna lead them all to perdition so Ryan um, what ghoul shit have you been up to uh, the ghoul shit that I've been up to uh, in, in the last uh, week or so I've so I've just started a new job uh, and part of it involves a lot of medical research and so I've fallen down a uh, google hole about different diseases you can get Necrotizing fasciitis uh, is a thing that, like, I I have been googling compulsively because I'm so like like I'm not a I'm not a hypochondriac or anything, but I do have this like vague uh, certainty that I might get necrotic flesh at some point. So I just want to be prepared. You know, I just need to Google as many uh, disgusting pictures as possible and do as much research as I can. Um, it's possible that working a job as uh, doing medical research is not good for me. Yeah, uh, I, I think the thing that is important to remember is no one ever posts a regular picture on the internet. <laughs> it's always like, this is the worst case we've ever found because the doctor said, I've got to take a picture of this. That's buck wild. 
Man, that's exactly it. Nobody's like, look at this picture of my normal elbow and just post it. And everyone's like, yeah, good call. There's nothing yeah. wrong with that. Like, It's it has never to be... good when you have surgery and the doctor's like, I'm keeping this. <laughs> <laughs> See, this is this reminds me of uh, when I got um, a tooth taken out that was um, starting to, to go bad. And the doctor was like... And I was like, can I please have my have that tooth and take it with me? And she was like, technically, I legally cannot let you do that because it's a biohazard. Um, but do you want to take uh, do you want to take a photo? And I'm like, can I take a video? And she's like, yeah. And she's like demonstrating how disgusting the tooth is with the, the little metal pick. Um, Delightful. She's a real one, I think. So what, what ghoul shit have you been into this week? I have been into the most ghoulish thing of all, uh, metadata. I downloaded Ooh. an app on my phone to keep track of my video collection because lately I've accidentally purchased multiple copies of the same movie I hate uh, that because happens. I forgot I owned them. Jesus. Wait, which, which movie did you have a uh, doubles of? Us. Well, n- now I have Us on Blu-ray and bootleg VHS, so it's okay <laughs> that I have multiple copies, but... You know, you know I, the, it's gotten to the point where I don't remember what movies I have, so I need to have something on my phone so that when I'm at the flea market, I know what to buy and what to leave in the bin. You've grown too powerful. Like, this is, when you don't even know which movies you have, it's just this, like, oh, yeah, I've got, like, a bootleg VHS copy of Us, which, by the way, the opening of the movie Us, kind of, like, with the, the, the VHS tapes and the TV, like, this, this kind of scans for having a bootleg copy of uh, Us on VHS. Yeah, it's it's also got uh, reproduction blockbuster be kind rewind labels on it. Man, man, you know what? We I am not immune to, to nostalgia. Like I I love I love VHS tapes. Yeah, there. The thing I've noticed lately is when I watch VHS, it's very warm because of that analog. Um, color palette Mm -hmm. and i actually am noticing when i watch things on my flat screen i kind of am am let down because it feels (laughs) a little bit more cold and and clean yeah less convex and yeah yeah like there's it it's i think it, it makes total sense as a reaction to like everything being on demand right now in perfect like crystal clear high def and you know like just having something that sort of looks like the kissy TV from Videodrome that might actually, you could maybe plunge your head into, into the convex <laughs> screen. And just, uh, yeah, absolutely. Speaking of um, c- dipping your head into a convex screen, let's talk about the uh, movie we're doing for this week. Boy Holy fucking shit. howdy, this movie. I Quincy, had you ever seen The Abominable Dr. Fives before? Oh, many times. It's uh, maybe my favorite Vincent Price movie. It might be one of my favorite movies. I see. I'm I'm a fake geek girl. Um, I have never. I uh, prior to this episode, I had never seen The Abominable Doctor Fibes, um, from 1971. This movie is uh perfect. It's a perfect I don't know. Movie. It's perfect, and I don't know if it could be any more 1971. It is the most yeah. 1971 a film has ever been. It's also, uh, it's it's an American international picture movie, and mm-hmm. I think if you were trying to explain AIP to someone, this is a perfect example of that AIP Amicus um, Hammer era of mm-hmm. cinema. Yeah, it's got hammer all over it, I think. Like I kept I kept waiting for like Christopher Lee or um Peter Cushing to pop up in the somewhere. Like the production of this thing, it is art deco as fuck. Yeah. Um it is so yeah, and, and Vincent Price for nineteen seventy one, the thing is that I just watched the uh, his episode of uh, the Muppets. 
uh, where he was on, and he also plays an organ during a number in that, and I'm just realizing now that that was probably a callback to Dr. Fibes. Yeah, it's wonderful. I also like that Vincent Price's career is very... This movie is campy. It leans into camp, and that is what Vincent Price's career, especially in the 60s and 70s, became, is... Mm -hmm. Let's all uh, think, because this was pre um, horror renaissance. This is before yeah. Carpenter and uh, Friedkin and um, De Palma and all these uh, auteurs kind of resurrected horror. Mm-hmm. So this is where horror was the campy matinee fair of you know kid kitty stuff. You know what it is? This is the new generation period of WWF right before yeah. <laughs> the attitude era where it's like, "Oh no, the Repo Man is coming out to fight Brett the Hitman Hart." And it's like <laughs> we're just like leaning into the camp at this point. And you're totally right. Like this is uh what, 3 years prior to the Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Um and like obviously there'd been stuff like Rosemary's Baby that you know had been, you know, on a mainstream level and suffered wives, but like this thing is just very much like Hello, children. It's me, your friend, Vincent Price. Um, I, I'm i super fucked up, and I'm going to kill people in a themed fashion. I will also point out, uh, this movie uh, and Theater of Blood, I think, have a lot of similarities for me, where it's, like, themed deaths. Yes, it's, it's something that slasher movies really took and... Uh, ran with, but never really recreated in the way that the this era of like late sixties, early seventies had like themed death. They're all the uh, plagues of Egypt. Yeah. Now, and you might ask yourself, why the plagues of Egypt? And and Vincent Price's answer is, why the fuck not? There is no <laughs> explanation. It's just. Plagues of Egypt and Hebrew medallions, and just, wow, we're yeah, gonna go with it. The, there's Hebrew medallions, but also I'm an organist, and I'll, it, it's it's a lot. We'll get. And into I'm it. also gonna melt wax faces. Okay, so here's the plot of this movie. <laughs> yeah, Doctor Fives is a renowned organist, and he is rushing to his the hospital to uh, see his wife's surgery because she's very ill and he gets in a horrible car crash and is uh, maimed. Now the doctors and it's a team of like crack surgeons fuck up the surgery and kill his wife. So now Dr. Fives, Vincent Price has decided that he's going to seek revenge. Now the movie starts in media res of Dr. Fibes murdering a man in a hyper-elaborate fashion. Now, the way that he murders the first guy is the greatest thing I've ever seen in my life. Uh, so there's a guy, so we, you know, obviously we open with uh, Dr. Fibes playing the organ and, like, basically pulling a Phantom of the Opera a lot of the time. Um, and then it cuts to a guy crawling into bed. He gets killed by bats. Um, they are... Now, what's also incredible is that these bats are definitely fruit bats. And they're all just these friendly little boys, and they're all, like, crawling all over this guy. And he's just like, no, no. And the bats are just like, no. Um, Hugged to death by fuzzy boys. (laughs) This guy just gets shredded by fruit bats. They're just, like, crawling all over him looking for loose pulp. Like, they maybe want to eat... They're they're like if listen if you've got like a banana that I can like mash my head into somewhere like I'm I'm down for that. 
But the movie is like, oh, bats? Oh, they'll fucking, they've got little knives. They'll fucking kill you in your bed. Um, <laughs> because also we get the uh, coroner and the, the detective who's investigating this murder. And he's like, for the love of God, cover his face up, you dodo. <laughs> Yeah, he looks he looks like somebody just took like a pizza slicer to his face left, right and center. Like he just, you know, I, I love that it's just all of these bats uh, just lacerating the shit out of him. And like so most of so much of this movie is uh, these two characters busting each other's balls. This is also what kind of makes it a um, a dark comedy yeah. in a lot of ways. Like this is definitely a funny movie. It's very funny, and and it's because it is camp. It does not take itself seriously. It's let's take Phantom of the Opera, and like Phantom of the Paradise kind of does something similar. Oh but yeah, that's not even as campy as this is. No, um, no, this movie. But is... it's it's like let's just you know lean into the jolly elaborate murders. Let's lean into the special effects makeup. Let's lean into the the sound design in this movie is oh, wow. incredible. The the score and just the the sound effects and everything all together. The first t- the first sequence has no dialogue and it's only when the cops discover this corpse mm-hmm. and start talking about yeah last week we found a guy murdered by bees and another guy <laughs> who died with boils all over his flesh. Now I I've got a question. Uh, so the plagues of Egypt, where were bats in there? Can you explain to me when God and Moses unleashed the bats upon the Egyptians? Here's the thing, though. They did. That is part of the plagues. Is Wait, really? Bats. They, they used bats? There's a lot of plagues in the middle where they're like, you know, and bats <laughs> and bees and ants and boils and... Yeah, these were, the, like, these were the junior varsity curses. They're like, listen, they can't all be fucking winners. Like, we've so, got to so pad for time here. I, as many people, uh, know the Plagues of Egypt story best by the Rugrats episode. Oh, sure. And you can't really show bats on, on children's television. <laughs> Have you this watched is... the Rugrats, um, the Rugrats uh, episode on uh, the, plagues the Passover? The Plagues of Egypt. Oh, the Passover. Yeah, I remember um, them saying the word Maccabees with, and and that's pretty much it. That's that's what I remember from. Uh, from they that. they actually called them Maccababies. Maccababies. Thank you. Thank you. So so the Passover episode cannot mention God because it is uh, <laughs> standards and practices for Nickelodeon is like listen, we're going to you know celebrate multiculturalism, but we can't be explicit about religion because children's television. Right. So. Basically, and my friend Ian, a friend of the show, Ian, pointed this out to me. Uh, Moses in the Rugrats is just a wizard. He's just a a (laughs) warlock fighting pharaoh (laughs) with just power. I mean, is he not canonically a wizard in that context? I mean, you know, wizard has a very, like, fraught definition. Usually people associate wizards with, like, the devil. But, yeah, basically in the Old Testament... If you're down with God, you get buckwild magical powers. <laughs> you get wizard powers, yeah. Um, man, that's yeah. Because when I when I think of the plagues of Egypt, I'm like, okay, turning the Nile to blood, okay, locusts, uh, killing the firstborn, 
um, boils, frogs, and then I... That's what... I, it makes sense to me that at a certain point you get those heavy hitters out of the way and then you're like... I feel like around frogs is where there's, it starts getting into lice. like... No one ever talks about lice or hail. Oh, hail. Yeah, that's right. Oh, because it kills the crops. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I also love that they start small and work their way up so that there's a plausible deniability <laughs> so that the pharaoh's like... No, it's just a, it's not it's just a coincidence that everyone has lice now. You know what? And, you That's... know, hail in in Egypt. It's not normal, <laughs> but you know it's fine. That that actually makes sense because you can't start big and go down from there. Like you can't be like, all right, Egypt, woe unto you, turning the Nile to blood and killing your firstborn, and then after that, uh, bats. We're gonna send. <laughs> Fucking bats and they're gonna chew on you. Now you're not gonna like that shit. I'll tell you what. Like you get frogs. It makes sense that you Here's sm- start frogs. <laughs> ah, yes, your bathroom is full of frogs. Also, sorry about your firstborn. Very sorry to hear about their death. Um, yeah, and so you know they never really explain in Abominable Doctor Fives what it is about the plagues of Egypt that connect to this crack team of ten doctors uh, who killed his wife. Um, I also he, love that multiple times they come to one of these doctors and are like, someone is killing all of you. And they're like, doctors die every day. We're we're all <laughs> son of a bitches. Everyone wants to murder us. This is not out of the usual for me. We belong dead. Yeah, he's he's <laughs> he's made peace with his god at this point. Um, and now, so much of this movie is uh, two characters, Dr. Vesalius and Inspector Trout. Uh, just busting each other's balls throughout this movie. Um, Inspector Trout is the one that's, you know, trying to figure this whole thing out. Um, And he, I don't know, like, he's the one piecing everything together. I I think that's what makes this kind of a Jalo movie, is having the Inspector guy trying to piece all of this stuff together. But it's also just like, this is like Jalo in a feather boa. Like, all of those aesthetics are there the most dramatique Jalo movie you could ever see. It's incredible. Now, I, you know what? The, the the only other movie I can think of that has, like, themed deaths in the way that this movie does, it's basically a Saw film. Yeah. <laughs> it, it's just, like, Vincent Price voice, like, hello, I'd like to play a game. You killed my wife, and now I'm going to boil you in acid. And it's just, like... How much better would the Saw franchise have become oh, if man. instead of getting darker, it got campier? What Tobin Bell could have been this generation's Vincent Price if he'd really leaned into it. Okay, let's talk about a Joel Schumacher esque Saw Three, where Oof. everyone has like exposed nipples and like <laughs> black light paint instead of the shit Man. show that that movie actually was. You know what? Actually, that's the, that's one of my main complaints about the Saw film. All of them are completely sexless. Like nobody fucks in those movies. Uh, it's they're they're not really interested in that, and I feel like that's kind of a problem. Like I want to see you know like you know two people getting turned into an unholy sex crab because they're like you know cheating on their spouses or something, and then Vincent Price comes in and he's like, "Well, I see that you like being together, and now you're an unholy sex crab," and just like stapling them together. And it- <laughs> Gotta scuttle around now. Like, yeah, it, it should have gone off the fucking rails. At least Tobin Bell should have had, like, a feather boa. <laughs> or a cape. <laughs> Vincent turned... Price has the best cape in this movie. That's that's what it is. Vincent Price has a baller opera cape, and Tobin he Bell... He shows up to a masquerade ball in a hawk mask. A Man. golden hawk mask. And watches as he murders her man 
with a frog mask that ratchets shut until it pops the dude's head like a like a Roma tomato. It's literally the fucking reverse bear trap thing from Saw is this frog mask. Like, yeah. that's... Uh, you know, Tobin Bell just putting cat ears on the fucking reverse bear <laughs> trap thing. Like, yeah, he should have gone. Sequence. Although that's also that's also the thing is I love that if you're in a Vincent Price movie, your odds of showing up to a masquerade party, pretty good. Pretty high, actually. Also, Dr. Fibes has a mechanical band, oh, which yeah. are just actors painted gold. And, yeah. and and moving, doing the robot while play, miming playing instruments. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's it's like the it's like sort of a Chuck E. Cheese animatronic band. Uh, and there's this big uh, ballroom that has like matte painting sliding around all over the place. Uh, Doctor Fibes also has an assistant um, who is I. Her name is Vol- Volnavia. 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 You know. Yeah, <laughs> I I don't. It's that's I'm I'm looking at her name on the uh, the Wikipedia and it's I don't you know what V her name is V, um and uh, played by Virginia North by the way uh, and she you don't really find out what her deal is until the end she helps Doctor Fives do all of the murdering, yeah, um what so her deal is that she wants to be buried with him I think, yeah so like she's actually his wife right so Vol- volnavia volnavia uh i they never really say her name that much um so i have completely forgotten how to uh, pronounce it she is basically his henchman who like helps him do a bunch of murders she is also like the only woman in this movie <laughs> oh for sure oh the only one that's not dead at the start of the movie what's incredible is that there's a scene in here where there is a doctor who has access to a one of those blue movies. Uh, it's like a, a, a sort of stripping Egyptian lady projector room thing. And he's standing in this room with a drink and making lascivious old British guy faces at the nudie picture. Um, and then at this point, Vol- Volnavia just strides into the room looking like a hot lady. He doesn't question shit. He's just like, whoa, are you here to make out with me, strange lady? Um, yeah. Which I love in horror movies, by the way, that, like, these dudes, they don't question it if a hot lady shows up out of nowhere. They're not like, why Why are you in my house? They're just like, hey, a sexy lady. Um, I also love that uh, Fives, is a, <laughs> Fives is a sympathetic character, and the way that he's a sympathetic character is because he does not have an ambient horniness about him. Just oh, like no. the, the cops in Smokey and the Bandit will fuck anybody, uh, <laughs> all these doctors will just be like, sure, let's fuck random yeah. woman. I mean, like, how often does this happen in horror? I think, you know, where, where uh, you're in a haunted house and everybody's hallucinating and... A hot lady pops up and she's like, hey, it's me, a hot ghost. You want to fuck? And the guy doesn't question it or go, yeah, I think I'm okay. Listen, you know what? If I if I, uh, if I I need to, I'll just jerk off later when I'm not in mortal peril in the murder <laughs> house, if that's okay. Um, yeah, they don't they don't question shit. But uh, so Dr. Fibes uh, uh, immobilizes this guy and I think drains him of his blood. Yes. What is his deal with the blood? He's just like draining them all like juice boxes. It's because his wife is embalmed. She's in that, like, clear casket, so he's going to, like, drain all their blood and replace it with embalming fluid because he had to do that to his wife. That's right. So he's going to... And he also, um, for you know, he never actually is able to talk because he is too heavily mutilated to... Like, his face... 
what we find out is that uh, his Vincent Price face, uh, which, by the way, the makeup is incredible. It's very good. He always looks like a gallon of milk sweating on a June morning. <laughs> um, it's just always, you know, he's got like red ringed eyes and his face looks like it doesn't quite fit. Um, and, you know, you find out that at a certain point he like pulls his face off and he just kind of looks like uh, uh, the, the Misfits fiend skull. Yeah, he looks um, like the Crimson Ghost, just a, a fucked up skeleton. And he plugs his throat into a record player and yes. he can talk through it. He can talk through it and also pour wine into it. Like, there's <laughs> a bit where he's dancing with Voldivia, and she she drinks his her wine, and then he just, like, maintains eye contact without changing anything in his face while, like, downing the wine into his throat. It's incredible. Um, now, the, I, the, do they ever really explain how Fibes has this palatial ballroom full of animatronic musicians, or is it just like... Well, the thing is that it's a Vincent Price movie, and this is where he lives. Don't question it. I mean, he's an expert in theology and music, (laughs) but no, there's not. Well, okay, it's also alleged that he dies in 21, and Uh this is like 71, so he's had 60 years to amass... Um, <laughs> fifty years to amass a massive fortune to build a palatial estate. So uh-huh. maybe that's it. I don't. You, I don't know. You really got to make your own fun if you're uh, a, a deranged loner and you've got to build your own clockwork band for ballroom dancing. Quincy, hello, hello. How easy would you say it is to uh, have a website that anybody looks at without you directly putting it in front of them? Well. As someone who is trying to build a website solely for the tie-in rap for Maniac Cop 2, it's pretty <laughs> difficult. It's pretty hard to get web traffic. Yeah, you really have to put the Maniac Cop 2 tie-in rap in people's hands, you know, physically going door-to-door to try to get them, you know, to, to, to learn about it. Um, but apparently there is a better way. Uh, Quincy, are you familiar with Little Business Library? No, tell me more. Let me inform you. They uh, are a website that helps promote uh, your business. Uh, You get a 30-day free trial, um, and it's only $4 billed every month. And what they'll do is they will promote your business. They will uh, promote your portfolio. uh, They will get your name out there, which I think is pretty nice. Yeah, that's incredible uh, because it is exhausting to self-promote 24-7. Oh, it truly is. So you're going to want to go to littlebusinesslibrary.com. Uh, and again, they uh, you can cancel at any time. Uh, and they uh, will work with you to get the most out of your business, especially if that business involves uh, selling bootlegged VHS tapes out the back of your car. No longer. <laughs> No longer. You can have Little Business Library distribute your bootlegged copy of Pumpkinhead 2, Bloodwings. <laughs> so go, uh, guys, go check out uh, littlebusinesslibrary.com and make it happen. Um, he now, so he gets, he has all these wax statues that I think he makes of the doctors he's about to kill? Yes, they are the busts of the doctors. And when he murders one, he puts a Hebrew letter corresponding with the plague on the figure, and then melts the statue with a blowtorch. His Pinterest board has to be bonkers. Like, <laughs> he is just doing the most at all. Like, this guy, he's not just like, I'm going to kill these doctors to avenge uh, my my wife. This is like, I've got to make it into an arts and crafts moment. I've got to make something from this. I think my favorite murder is the locusts, where he breaks into the guy's house and uses a comic 
comically large drill to cut a hole in the floor and then pour bugs through the hole. Now that that part is incredible. There's now I think the the, the death in this movie that I keep thinking about. It's a bunch of dudes who are standing around in a room talking about these murders and how we've got to solve these murders. And suddenly one of them gets a drill bit through the throat that nails him to the wall. And we are informed that this drill bit was launched through the window via catapult. (laughs) Via catapult! Like, he was somehow enough of a marksman with a catapult to launch a drill bit through a man's neck like uh, like a thousand yards away. Uh, it's not even a crossbow, a catapult. Like also why a drill bit? It's not even like a like a knife or something. Like it's 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 insane. Um the... it feels like one of those instances where the effects department walks up to the producer and is like, look at what me and the boys created down in the lab. And they're like, put it on screen. (laughs) Fuck it. Roll tape. Mike, you know what though? Which, uh, sorry, which biblical plague is this? The the catapult drill through the neck? Like, I feel like at a certain point they kind of lose the plot a little bit. There's another death in here that is incredible to me, which is uh, one of the doctors who, you know, everybody's kind of multitasking. This guy is a pilot. Um, and he gets into his little plane. Uh, what's the deal with this plane? Um, it's just a small plane, isn't it? Yeah, it's just a little plane, but also full of rats. Um, (laughs) (laughs) uh, Dr. Fibes has filled this, uh, plane, uh, full of rats, which I think that was also, was that also a, a biblical plague was the rats? So here's, according to Wikipedia, uh, some of the, some of the plagues are a little fuzzy, but it's the blood and the frogs and the lice and the um, flies. Right. Also, sometimes just wild animals. So sometimes it's like, okay, it's flies, and sometimes it's just fucking buffalo. <laughs> Water buffalo just run around. That's a, just animals generally. Like, this is uh, Moses. Sort of, uh, uh, you know, like, you, uh, you get animals, and they're punishing you for being Egyptian. And it's just like... Sure. So rats. What's incredible is that these are the cutest rats that have ever lived. <laughs> they're just, just little good fuzzy boys. They're good little boys, and they're just they're in this plane, and the guy is just like, oh no, and he's just like clutching at his face while all these rats are just kind of hanging out on him. Um, and while this happens, you know, like he uh, the plane starts dipping, and then it crashes, and Doctor Fibes and uh, Volnavia uh, are standing by with binoculars, and they just start applauding like they're <laughs> at the opera when this plane crashes. And at this point, uh, Vesalius and uh, uh, Inspector Trout, I think, see them applauding, but can't directly prove that they had anything to do with this plane crash. They're like, "Huh." Well, All that's of a funny. sudden these murders are lining up in a weird thematic way yeah I now can't it is put my finger quite on it. no yeah yeah now vincent price so is he when he's when he speaks because his face never moves when he speaks is he speaking through the record player I, it's it's said that like well because he's a good musician he knows acoustics really well so it's like some kind of sci-fi vo- voice box i guess so it like reproduces the um Maybe his voice box is intact, and it's just kind of like mm-hmm. um, one of those things that just amplifies the the sound. I don't know. It's not explained. It's just, it is, what do you want? It looks fucking cool. Shut up, nerd. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Now, what's also incredible is that, like, now, I will say, the effects in this movie, they they spared no expense. Uh, no. It, it looks like a million bucks. Um, all of the effects look great. All of the sets, like... 
I don't know. Like I, this is a this is the platonic ideal of a Vincent Price movie. Like it could not look more like a Vincent Price movie. Um, as the so the plot ramps up, um, we get uh we get to the research uh, phase of the movie where Inspector Trout is consulting with a rabbi. Yeah. He's about... like, what do all these these letters mean? <laughs> yeah. Now explain the letters. What's what's Doctor Fibes? Are are they amulets? They're amulets with the Hebrew letter of that corresponds with the plague. I see. So like F for frog. <laughs> like... Yeah, F for frog. H for hail. <laughs> B for bat. R for rat. Dial B for bat. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> he goes to this rabbi, and you know the rabbi just tries to explain this thing to him. Um, but, so, the rabbi is very confused by the entire thing. Uh, Inspector Trout and Vesalius are both like, okay, we're pretty sure this has something to do with Dr. Fives. They also consult with this, um, now, uh, which, by the way, actually, I'm getting ahead of myself. Um, do, uh, Inspector Trout has a son with the worst ADR in the world. Yeah, it's terrible. <laughs> He's like a 35-year-old man, miked to sound like a 12-year-old. Um, he's now. What's the deal with his son and the chess scene? So, so he's just a, a just a sweet boy, and it's like it's one of those where Fives is like, "You took what matters to me, so I'm going to take what matters to you." Mm-hmm. So he implants a key into this child's chest, and the key is what his shackles are on, and he's in moral peril. So his dad has to operate on him well enough to pull the key out of his heart but not kill him and then use that key to unlock the restraints hello inspector trout i'd like to play a game like this is really is the fucking saw you're hiding a key in a guy i'm just so sad that saw did not become the most dramatique campy film possible. Absolutely, yeah. And this son, now it's also, um, he's got to dig it out of his son. There's like a huge, uh, funnily, like sort of uh, neon beer bong full of acid. Yeah, that... and, and that's what the, the whole six minutes, there's this, he's got to remove the key in six minutes and unlock his son or acid will pour on him. It'll, it'll pour onto him, not only onto him, um, he's wearing a big tent over himself that exposes only his face. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and, and, you know, which is, I love that he had this made for the occasion. And, you know, Dr. Fives is like, you know, you've got to save your son because if you don't, he's going to have his face uh, uh, melted with acid and he's going to look like me. And pulls the mask off and reveals that he's like, hey, it's me on a skeleton. Uh, <laughs> and so, you know, he's like, tr- Vesalius is like trying to you know, perform surgery on this kid, I'm actually kind of sad that we didn't get... Maybe maybe my brain is poisoned by Saw, but I was like, I want to watch someone's face get melted with acid. Yeah, yeah, because uh, Volnavia, Volnavia does get sprayed with acid, but it's not the same sort of, of goopy grossness that we expect. yeah. I also don't totally know her deal at the end of this movie. Like, I was assuming it was going to be a thing that was like, uh, I'm going to just, okay, so I'm Dr. Fives, really sad about my wife dying. Got, you know, I've got a rebound. I've got a nice new girlfriend. Uh, I'm going to try to, you know, make something happen. I thought it was going to be like, I'm going to make her face look like my wife's face or 
fill her with blood. I don't know. I was I kept expecting the Volnavia thing to come to something, and it kind of just never does. Yeah, it just fizzles out. She's just plot device, which really sucks. That the only woman in this movie is just plot device. Yeah, yeah. She's there to she's there to basically be what um, the companions on uh, classic Doctor Who sort of were for those first couple of seasons. Which is just, which? By the way, Vincent Price is the Doctor. Now we're talking. Um, the so the you know they show up to the place. Uh, Vol- uh, Volnavia gets killed. Um, Doctor Fibes uh, is sort of like, well, I've done everything I wanted to do here. Killed some doctors. Uh, pulled off some themed murders. Uh, and I think he decides to go into the West and remain Galadriel. Um, he crawls down into his wife's sarcophagus. Yes. Because he's had a sarcophagus with his wife in it. And he just embalms himself and covers the lid. And that's the end. Which, side note here, I don't know how into Caitlin Doty uh, and, like, she's, you know, Ask a Mortician and the Good Death Movement. Are you familiar with this at all? Oh, very much. I really like uh, her books. I do, too. Um, Smoke gets in your eyes fucking rules. Uh, But but he's filling himself with embalming fluid. I'm quietly, like... Oh, you shouldn't do that. Come on. Don't do don't do embalming fluid. Like uh Caitlin Doty has a thing and you know, it's ruined me now because anytime I see embalming fluid, I just think of the fact that like the entire practice of embalming is based around like the American West and uh people be like the, the idea of a uh, a memory photo. And so just you know, having having like having like a last image of your loved one to have in your mind that's like we're going to doll them up to, and, you know, put blush on their cheeks and make them look like they were alive when they are clearly fucking dead. Anyway, embalming fluid, we shouldn't do it. It doesn't make no, any it's, sense. it's bad shit. It's awful. And, like, no one, no one likes embalmer, like, embalming except for people whose job is to embalm. Like, nobody's like, you know, I'm just a fan of embalming. I just think it's really cool. I'm really glad we do that. Yeah, um, no one is, yeah, it's, um... I hate to sound like my dad, but, like, that's how they get you. They nickel and dime you with the embalming <laughs> charges. These mountebanks, they'll just fill you with formaldehyde, and they'll, uh, they'll just cut parts off you any way they can. Here's um, the other thing that's wild about that. A lot of um, funeral homes will embalm bodies before they're cremated, but then why? that makes the cremains toxic, and, and then you're never allowed to to uh, do anything with them, but keep them in an urn. Technically, you're not allowed to just sprinkle the ground-up bones of your loved ones ever, but um, (laughs) at least there's not the severe environmental impact that just scattering poison flakes of your mom (laughs) has. Poisoned mom flakes. Yeah, that's, that's insane. Like, I... I don't know. I think the the funeral industry generally just seems uh, unsustainable in a lot oh, of ways. It's very bad. Yeah, it's very bad. Now, side note here: a thought that I uh, had uh, this morning when I woke up, because um, I passed by a cemetery yesterday uh, while driving, and I keep thinking about like if you think of how many billions and billions of people there have been on the planet that have died and been buried, I feel like there should be more corpses. Like, for how many people die all the time? Like, shouldn't the cemeteries be at capacity? Like, how... I don't know. Well, I feel Ryan, like... <laughs> people are buried on top of one another. Oh, that's true. Yeah. I, I just, I keep thinking, like, there should be... It's like birds. Like, for how many birds are out there, I should be seeing way more bird corpses, but maybe it's just that wild creatures eat them before I see the dead birds? Defo. Defo the case. 
Anyway, so he crawls into the sarcophagus and embalms himself. He drains his own blood. He doesn't actually... What does he ever do with all of the collected doctor juice? Nothing. Just just a, a, to be dramatique. <laughs> he did it for the drama. Escandalo. Um, he, <laughs> he doesn't actually fill his wife's body with blood. Um, which I thought would have been cool if it had been like, I'm going to embalm myself and fill you with blood so that I can sort of die in your place in effigy kind of a thing. Yeah. Um, but you know what? Fuck that. Fuck that shit. He already did all of the symbolism we need. We don't need any of that shit. Uh, he crawls <laughs> in uh, to the coffin and it slides into place and he's he's just down there now. Um, and at this point, uh, Trout and Vesalius uh, note that, right, the final curse of Egypt was darkness. Yeah, that's that's not the final curse though. That's that's not the, the that's not the la- it wasn't the last one like we're going to kill your firstborn? Yeah. <laughs> Which would have been his son getting killed by the acid. Yeah. So, yeah, maybe that's just him being like, "Oh, yeah, yeah, the final curse definitely wasn't my simple son who loses it in chess getting his face melted." It's so, crawling into so a sarcophagus. What's wild is this movie has a sequel and also Three additional sequels were planned but never produced. Wait, how the fuck do you do a sequel? Dr. Fibes rises again. He comes back from the dead. <laughs> that was going to be Dr. Fibes rides again. Like, it just becomes like a road movie. <laughs> um, yeah, Dr. Fibes rises again, who, you know what, actually, for a movie that has as much buckwild shit in it as the abominable Dr. Fibes, I'm willing to accept. Yeah, he's still alive, actually. Fuck you. He got they out were- of that sarcophagus. They were going to make a movie called The Bride of Dr. Fives, which is when Victoria's body is stolen and a satanic society resurrects her. Whoa, shit. They got um, they got Vincent Price for Dr. Fives Rises Again, which came out a year after this. Yeah. Shit. Well, I think that might be a stay tuned. I don't... I mean, the thing is, I don't know how it could be more ridiculous than the abominable Dr. Fives, you know? <laughs> Like and yet. And, and yet. Um, now, this movie is a complete delight from start to finish. Absolutely. Um, it's, honestly, for me, like, the I think this might be my favorite Hammer Horror-adjacent, campy British-American joint production. Yeah, and I think the reason why we think Hammer Horror is because the British production just shared all of the same kind of actors, and it's all... You know, a lot of the cinematographers, a lot of the directors, actors weren't just loyal to one film company. Yeah. Now, and what's what sets this movie apart for me is also the goddamn score. Yeah, um, it's incredible. It's truly amazing. Uh, because obviously, you know, Dr. Fibes, which we find out there's, uh, when they're trying to do research, um, and uh, Vesalius' simple son is, you know, he's talking, he's taking, I think, organ lessons or something, and he's like, oh, wow, yeah, I was talking to the music teacher, and he was, you know, telling me about how he knew all the greats, like, organ guy and Fibes, and then, you know, they through, this is how they start figuring out that it's Dr. Fibes. Yeah. Um, and now, having a disgraced um, organist as the killer of the movie... I feel like you kind of have to bring it on a score level, and they absolutely do. I need yeah. this soundtrack on cassette tape. Absolutely. Now, here's here's my biggest question. Uh, the biggest lacuna in this movie, what is Dr. Fibes' 
PhD in? Uh, he is a doctor of theology and possibly organs. He majored in organs. He is a doctor okay. of organs. So by that way of reasoning, is Dr. Teeth also a major in organ studies? Yes, he's, he's a major <laughs> in organ studies. Hondo P. He is man. Like this movie, I love how fast and loose it plays it with all of these concepts. Uh, because, you know, at the end of the day, it knows why we're here. It knows that we want a campy movie with Vincent Price doing themed murders and playing the organ. Um, now, is there anything that we don't like about this movie? That the the sidekick has no real purpose yeah. at all. <laughs> yeah, she needs, she needs something more to do in a way that's like, yeah, I don't know, like I... It had so much to work with with this character in a way that I thought was going to make something happen, and it just never did. I mean, that might... I mean, like, the cover of the movie is uh, the skinless Dr. Fibes smooching uh, his assistant, which made me think, like, oh, there must be something with his wife and something with... Uh, what, what's her name? The Volnavia. Um, and it just never does. And so that's a, that's a bit of a bummer. I will say... This movie is so fucking funny with the banter between the characters. Yeah, yeah. Just the the chemistry of everyone in this movie is really good. Yeah, you can tell that everybody was having a fucking ball making this movie in a way that I really, really appreciate. Um, and even to cast Vincent Price in a role where he cannot speak except for with mechanical assistance sometimes in the movie is actually kind of genius uh-huh i mean he he gets to do a lot of face acting in this i think with just his eyes which is really neat yeah um because like normally yeah he would be like chewing the scenery and delivering all these cool lines but yeah like having you know casting uh vincent price in a, in a non-speaking role is really ballsy uh it, it's you know this movie just kind of works on every level um and also, by the way, it is on uh, YouTube for free uh, if you're listening to this and you want to watch it, and you should. It's it's just it's just fantastic. Um, so looking at the list, where? Whew! All right. So scrolling up the list. Uh, so let's look at other horror comedies, campy movies. Um, okay. I'm thinking, of course, about what we do in the shadows, which is our current number forty-two. Ooh, okay. What we do in the shadows at number 42. Um, hmm. I would want to make a case for The Abominable Dr. Fibes above What We Do in the Shadows, which is a movie I really, really love and, and adore. Uh, but I feel like I want to give the edge to The Abominable Dr. Fibes because of how it represents that transitional period between, like, hammer horror and modern horror. Yeah, Saw has so much DNA from Dr. Fives that it's actually pretty shocking. Yeah, like, I kept... It, it's all I could think about watching some of these death scenes. Like, it's modern in a way that is weird to me when considering, like, how campy and throwback so many of the aesthetics, and especially that hammer horror, like spooky manse sort of vibe like it yeah. really is incredible so i want to give the edge to uh dr fives um above that a little bit at number um 37 if we're talking about sort of meta commentary on horror we have uh cabin in the woods uh at number 37 um which do you think which do you think is uh, uh coming out ahead here 
So I'm going to argue for Dr. Fibes because Dr. Fibes comes from the horror industry, whereas Cabin in the Woods is outsider let's... Okay, so it's like how Garth Brooks was Chris Gaines, and that was like really funny, um, mm -hmm. and that works in a way that, I don't know, um, a parody boy band doesn't work oh like together or something yeah like, yeah. <laughs> yeah which uh, you know what though you plus me equals us it's a bit of a banger um the yeah i think i agree like i uh, i want to put it above cabin in the woods because cabin in the woods is so much like in conversation with eight thousand different things where this just feels very pure in its purpose yeah it's it's let's talk about one genre of gothic horror and yeah cabin in the woods is everything you like is kind of dumb and here's why <laughs> yeah yeah completely uh so and, and, and i love cabin in the woods because it's oh, yeah. very well done but it does in many places feel like it's making fun of me it's laughing at me not with me yeah definitely I, and you know and obviously like cabin in the woods is number 37 on our list of like hundreds of movies like we really like that movie but it's also like i don't know like there's a, a palpable sense of joy in the abominable dr fives that i don't think is necessarily there with cabin in the woods um however now, right i'm gonna make a, a wild statement here okay and we're gonna see if it's true mm -hmm. and number 29 is rosemary's baby which has aesthetically a very similar tone it's got a oh, very yeah. similar color palette it's got a very similar approach to filmmaking mm -hmm. i'm going to argue that dr fives is more of a joy to watch and therefore should go above rosemary's baby man man that is spicy that is a that is a, <laughs> that is a picante ranking um i i think yeah i i agree like i i agree on the point that like i, I would it's it's a more fun time to watch uh, Abominable Dr. Fives than Rosemary's Baby, even though I love that movie. Um, however, right above Rosemary's Baby is the other noted uh, wacky romp eraser head. <laughs> uh, Just some... good time all around. <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely. Now, actually, I would I would I would put forward a thing. I think Rosemary's Baby has. Uh, I feel like I love the book Rosemary's Baby by Ira Levin so much that I want to give the edge to Rosemary's Baby for, like, having, like, sticking the landing on all of the stuff it's working with in a way that Dr. Fibes, I feel like, kind of can't. Yeah, it, and to be fair, with a different director, Rosemary's Baby would have been more akin to Dr. Fibes. Because remember, oh, yeah. the end of the Ira Levin book is... And look at this baby's creepy devil eyes. And yeah. Polanski's like, no, we're not going to show it. That's too silly. We're just going to end with Rosemary screaming. And, yeah. And, you know, the, the witch is saying God is dead. So Absolutely. it's like if with a different director, it would have been that high camp. Look at these googly eyes. And Rosemary's oh, yeah. Baby is one of the first films of that horror, um, the new horror kind of shift. If you ever mm -hmm. read um, Jason Zineman's Shock Value, it's like one of the first movies that marks the like shift to the John Carpenter, um, De Palma kind of school of, of filmmaking. Mm -hmm. Yeah, completely. I, that's, yeah, it's, it's a transitional thing and it's really, really great. However, so I feel like Rosemary's Baby, I would put above, uh, Dr. Fives, but right below Rosemary's Baby, 
is a uh, another uh, British uh, American uh, production, or I think I don't know if it's British American. I know it's British. Uh, the Wicker Man, uh, featuring Christopher Lee as uh, the the baddie. Um, the original one from 1973, not the Neil Labute, Nicolas now, Cage. It's important to remember that the Wicker Man is campy. Oh yeah. Oh wow. Yeah. No, it that is movie very silly. Now the ending is very serious, but yeah, the fact that this police officer is running around the Isle of Man, uh, everyone's in costumes. Yeah. Oh, most of this movie is a musical. I always yeah. forget. Like, like... A horny uh, musical. Oh, it's so horny. We get, like, a cop being sexually tormented by his, like, next-door neighbor, like, to song. Like, it's it's extremely camp in a way I really, really love. Uh, I But I feel like between uh, The Wicker Man and The Abominable Dr. Fives, I want to give the edge to Dr. Fives. And, and why is that? Because the end of The Wicker Man is almost unassailable. It is It is almost unassailable. Maybe, you know what, I don't know if it's just the uh, I just watched it bias, but I feel like um, Dr. Fives, like, they're doing slightly different things because with, now, you know from Jump Street that it's Dr. Fives doing all of this shit, where with uh, The Wicker Man, ooh, damn it, actually, I've just talked myself out of it. The Wicker Man does a cool thing where it's a mystery. It pulls a hot fuzz on you, basically, where you think you know what was happening with Rowan Morrison and why she went missing and what's going on, and then everything turns on its head and, and you realize, that, like, actually, you're going to get sacrificed in a fucking Wicker Man. Yeah. Um, in a way that I feel like, damn it, I got to put that above Dr. Fives, actually. Yeah. Now, here's the, the wild thing. Underneath, the Wicker Man is Poltergeist. Right, from 1982. Um, you know what? Poltergeist is a romp, and I love it, but I feel like I'm giving it to Abominable Dr. Fives, at least because, like, so much of Poltergeist is, like, it's it's an adventure movie more than a horror movie. Yeah, and pound for pound, when we're talking about set pieces, Dr. Fives is all set pieces. Oh, yeah. Whereas Poltergeist has You Buried the Bodies, The Clown the moving chair, the, yeah. the skeletons bubbling up from the basement. It's, the real the real skeletons that they had to have on this production. Now, <laughs> yeah. I, you're so, totally like, it's, right. It's really, it's good, but it's not as singular in purpose as Dr. Fives. Yes, you're totally right. Now, and there, there's, I, I, I totally agree. And then on another level, um, I think the score to Poltergeist wants, I mean, it's a Spielberg production, so, like, the score itself, it's, like, whimsical and creepy, but it also wants you to know that everything is actually going to be okay. Yeah. Where, with Dr. Fives, that score is telling you, hey, motherfucker, it's Vincent Price! Where it's just, like, <laughs> all, it's, it's so This man's much. dying from bat wounds! He's <laughs> about to get fucking broke! And it's just incredible. Um, and, I mean, Poltergeist's score works perfectly well for that movie, but I feel like, on a score level and a set level, I'm, I'm giving it to Dr. Fives. Yeah, for sure. Man. So yeah, so I feel good about that. So coming in at our new number 31, uh, above Poltergeist and below The Wicker Man is The Abominable Dr. Fives from 1971. Yeah, fuck. What a great movie. Guys, if you haven't seen it, really, you should just, like, if there is a Vincent Price movie, you really should just watch it, I think. <laughs> yeah, I can't think of a bad one. Yeah, um, yeah, there aren't any. I, I, yeah, not a, not a single one. Um, <laughs> Quincy, where can our listeners find us on the internet? Uh, listeners can go to our um, 
podcast uh, network page uh, on FaustianNonsense.com. They can also check out the other shows on the network. And they can find us on social media on Instagram at RankinVile and on Twitter at RankinVileCast. Hell yeah. Um, we are just about everywhere you'd want to uh, listen to podcasts, except, oddly enough, not on SoundCloud. I guess fuck SoundCloud. Um, I just wanted to remind you guys, uh, we have a Patreon full of bonus episodes. We have, uh, on the last Friday of this month, we are having our uh, first ever monthly Rank and Vile movie club. Um, if there are any movies that you want uh, to be the topic of discussion during this thing, it's just it's going to be a big Zoom. We're all going to like have some you know mug root beer and some tombstone pizzas. We're all going to talk about some movies on video, which is a bizarre proposition at this point in the pandemic. But I feel like we're all kind of emerging from our holes a little bit. You know, we're yeah. all kind of. Um, crafting a, a, a slippy face mask that will slide off at the first opportunity like Dr. Fides. Um, and yeah, so guys, uh, come come and check that out. It's going to be a fucking ball. Um, but barring that, that is about all I've got. You got anything else? Stay spooky. Later, folks. Later, folks.